This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Arkansas and Texas, finally here, pretty close to here. We're going to talk to Taylor Estes, the managing editor at, Horn, editor at Horns 24-7. Curtis Wilkerson is also going to join us to talk about his thoughts, and we'll get to your questions as well. All that and more on Hog Sports Live. So this is your Arkansas versus Texas primer. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up there. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star review. Appreciate everybody doing that here recently. And uh, let people know what to think of the show. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you can think of to find podcasts. We are there. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at HAW. WGSports.com. All right. Primer time. It's here. I mean, last weekend was big, obviously, getting the season started, getting people in the stands and everything. But this, ladies and gentlemen, this is different. This is Texas, number 15 Texas, coming to Fayetteville. Eventual SEC member Texas coming to Fayetteville for a little preview. It's going to be electric. You know, I've been asked, like, what can we expect? What can we expect to see in Fayetteville with a sellout crowd? How How rowdy, how wild is it going to be? I don't know. We haven't seen the completed Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium full yet. They completed it in 2018. It hasn't been full. 2018 sucked. 2019 sucked. Last year was COVID. You can only have 16,500 in the stadium. So we don't know what it's like in a night game, completely packed like it's going to be. It's going to be exciting. I mean, we've we, we've experienced Razorback Stadium when it's been packed before, but it just hasn't been to this level with the end zone enclosed. So I'm anxious to see how it's going to be. should be a great environment. ESPN, 6 p.m., Saturday, September 11th, Texas 1-0, Arkansas 1-0. we got all the how-to-watch information. We'll have all that on Hog Sports. But, I mean, it's there. You don't need an ESPN Plus membership. By the way, Everybody, that was like my most watched video ever, just how to watch the Texas, or excuse me, the Rice-Arkansas game. Texas has an edge in this series, 56-22. to 22. Arkansas has won four of the last six. I think Danny has a really nice article on the last ten matchups between Arkansas and Texas. You've got to go all the way back to 1987 to put ten games together. So, but obviously we know what happened in the last meeting. Uh, Arkansas goes down there. And uh, and beats Texas 31-7 in the Texas Bowl in Houston. I was there. That was an exciting game. That was the borderline erotic game, if you remember, with Brett Bielema. When Arkansas was starting to turn a corner, they, caught, they could have had a better year that year, but that was a really good Arkansas defense. Obviously, the underlining, the underlying story here, not underlying, it's really, you know, it's 9-11, right? It's the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, and uh, – You certainly think about all the families that were impacted there, both that day, the people that lost their lives, 
and and after that, you know, with our military and everything, I've got a pretty different 9-11 story. Everybody remembers where they were that day, and some of you have heard me tell this. I probably tell it every year. But uh, So I was in a field in Wrightsville, Georgia, uh, in a pecan orchard on a tractor all day and had no idea what was going on. This is before, like, everybody had a cell phone and stuff like that, um, obviously in 2001. Uh, and my dad stopped me. I was actually riding a, one of those big pettibone tractors. I was riding that home. And he stopped me. He's like, I guess you heard about everything. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like six o'clock at night. Had no idea what had gone on. And, um, you know, he just mentioned the World Trade Center had been, had been hit. And uh, so I got home and turned on the TV. You know, 30 minutes later, I was on a tractor again. Um, and I just remember being blown away. And my buddy, Chris Russell, who lived in D.C., worked in Washington, called me. Um, and was like, yeah, we've been off work all day. And I was like, why have you been off? no idea that the Pentagon had been hit by a plane and you talk about feeling ignorant and disconnected from the rest of the country. And that was a moment for me where I was like, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get back to civilization. Um, I've got, I I felt so disconnected from everybody. And that's when I made the decision, go back to school, go back to journal and get a journalism degree. Um, and I'd been doing this thing called the Biddy report. And anyway, here I am 20 years later now, um, because of the events that happened that day, I wasn't impacted the way that so many people were um, with uh, with losing loved ones, or you know, impacted indirectly through all those kinds of things. And then, of course, the whole nation, the way you know things were back then. Um, two years later, I was um, in Austin, Texas. I flew in on September 11th. Two years later, in Austin, Texas, when Arkansas uh, went down there, what, I don't was it 38-28 that game. That was a fun atmosphere, uh, but that was where I was 18 years ago. And 20 years later, after 9-11, here we are. It's going to be a stripe out. I'm sure they'll do something to honor. Um, they should. I'm sure they, they know that. They will. Um, but I'm sure there'll be something, maybe a flyover or something like that. Um, but uh, you see all the flags at half-mast. It's just a tragic, tragic day in our country's history. But it's good to be in a free country where we can do things like this and play college football games and finally have a packed out environment. And it's going to be wild, people. It is going to be, I mean, like, get a ticket, go to this game if you can. There's not a lot of spots left. So if you can find one, get it and get there. I've watched the game against Louisiana a couple of times. Texas won that one 38-18. It wasn't to me just like this dominating performance for Texas. I think Texas out-athleted them. You know, I think Louisiana is a really well-coached team, but the difference here is Texas played pretty clean overall. They had seven penalties, but overall I thought they played pretty clean, uh, especially on offense, um, to basically – I feel like the way Louisiana probably beats people is not just because they had this – wealth of talent, but just because they're well-coached, they keep it clean, they know what they do well. Uh, But Texas did a lot of those things also. And then at the end of the day, fourth quarter, third quarter, better athletes, wearing you down, better depth, and and won the game. Kind of like what Arkansas did, a little bit different. Arkansas was a little more sloppy, especially on offense, 13 penalties. That's too many penalties. They can't. I mean, we'll get into like keys to, keys to victory and all that stuff in a little bit. But um, Texas held them to 72, 76 rushing yards. Only had twenty nine carries, but seventy six rushing yards. They passed forty times. That's a lot of passes. 
Uh, Texas only passed 26 times. Hudson Card looked good in his debut. Um, you know, I don't know that he's like a guy that's going to like break off 80-yard runs, but he's elusive. He can he can move around. He's he's got a big arm. Now, what I think is different here for Arkansas is he's coming into a really hostile environment in the SEC. It'll be 76, 80,000 plus. I mean, it'll, it's standing room. They'll, you know, it's there's going to be a lot of people in there who don't like Texas. And my experience covering college football for 18 years is true freshman – or not true freshman, he's a redshirt freshman. But redshirt freshman playing in their first road game in an environment like that don't really perform well. Now, it's not everybody. There are guys that do it, you know. Johnny Manziel, for example, because there's not a lot of Johnny Manziels out there. Uh, but – some guys can do it, but most of them don't. Most of them are going to be a little rattled, and um, that's what I would expect to happen. I would expect that to play a role in this game for him to get rattled a little bit. Not that he's going to play bad, but there's going to be instances where the crowd will get to him and just the environment overall. So that's something that you absolutely have to factor in. Now, I've seen a lot of Texas fans. I've seen like 42 to 10 predictions. You know, uh, that ain't going to happen. I, I don't want to tell you, like, what to predict and stuff, what to think about your team, but that's not happening here Saturday, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, I do think, ultimately, I've got Texas projected to win. Uh, I think I'm probably going around 31-24, but it's going to be a closer game than what you think. Now, Texas has better athletes, better depth, all this stuff, right? That's been the case every year they've played them for the last six times. Arkansas's beaten them. Um. I think, I think there's a misconception about what Arkansas is, okay? And you place it on what they've been recently under a, a former coaching staff, which was a complete disaster, a group of players that just would not play for their head coach. They wouldn't fight for him. I mean, that was evident in the way it ended in the Western Kentucky game. Arkansas has got better talent than Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky comes in Fayetteville and just mops the floor with them. It's not because of talent. It's because of belief, the system, the culture, and that has changed with Sam Pittman. These guys aren't going to lay down and roll over and let you beat them 42 to 10. It's just not happening. It's going to be a much closer game than that, whether whoever wins. It'll be a closer game. So don't get your hopes up. Don't get false hope on Texas being this juggernaut. And I'm not saying Texas is a bad team. I think they've got a good team. I just think Arkansas is better than what people think that they are. And I think K.J. Jefferson can play a lot better than what he did. I'm not saying he's going to be an elite passer, but I think what he brings to the table with his legs is going to help open some things up in the passing game also. Um, I mean, Texas has got some players. I, I really think Deshaun Jameson, that's that's going to be an interesting matchup. And it'll be interesting to see how – they, they match up with Traylon Burks because he does line up in the slot a lot. It's not like he's just going to be, you know, an outside wide receiver, you know, where uh, a regular cornerback would normally cover him. But also think like special teams and Jamison and that, like Arkansas hasn't been great on special teams. And they don't need to kick to that kid, okay? They've got to figure out a way to improve special teams because it's, it's penalties, special teams, you know, KJ having a good game. Those are all going to be key. Rattling Hudson Carr, those are all going to be very key factors. Uh, stopping the run, limiting the run, boxing up the run, not letting B. John Robinson just run wild, which he is capable of doing. He is really, really good. He's not running behind an exceptional offensive line, but he is a guy that can get yards on his own and, and change the game. So I think that factor, Deshaun Jameson in the return game, because Arkansas hasn't been – I mean, he's he's like a 4-3-0 guy. I mean, he is incredibly fast. Um, how they defend Traylon Burks, 
I think are all going to be, you know, really key things. And, and you know, Arkansas's secondary, like, this isn't Louisiana's secondary. I'm sure Louisiana has a pretty good secondary. Arkansas, to me, has one of the best secondaries in the SEC. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. They've got good linebackers. They don't have a ton of depth. Bumper Pool's going to have to sit out, sit out the first game. Um, defensive line depth, I think, is going to be key for this game based on some things that we're, we're hearing with injuries and stuff like that. So, um the fact that Arkansas has shored up the defensive line through transfers and just, you know, through recruiting, bringing some guys up, uh, I think is, is, is important for them given some of the, the things that have happened here. So I think Texas will win, but I would never say that Arkansas has no chance of winning because that ain't true. This game, as Houston Nutt used to say, that ball don't bounce straight up and down. A lot of things can happen. Arkansas has to clean some things up. They have to, get, they have to be better on offense. Texas, I thought, looked more crisp on offense than, than Arkansas did. Defensively, Arkansas's got, a, a, I think, a really good defense. And if that depth and, you know, they can get lucky with injuries and stuff, maybe that can carry through. Because the last four games last year, um, they really were impacted by injuries. You know, COVID, all those kinds of things really hurt them. The thing that stands out to me is Texas, 10 of 15 on third downs. And Arkansas hasn't been a good third down team. They've got to improve in that area. They've got to get more third and shorts, more second and shorts. That's going to be very important in this game. So, I probably made some Texas fans mad by saying their team's not the end-all, be-all. You got a good team, okay? I think you have a good team. You don't have anything that Arkansas doesn't face week in and week out in the SEC most of the time. And it's not Georgia and it's not Alabama. Now, can you get there? You got the resources to. Year one, probably not going to be quite there. But you got a lot of potential. I think you got an excellent head coach and, and play caller and Steve Sarkeesian. The things he did at Washington, obviously ran into his troubles at USC, um, but has been around the block, worked at Alabama. Um, I think that I agree with Sam Pittman and that he's, you know, one of the elite play callers in the country. But there's still a lot of unknown there. And again, I think Arkansas is a better I, – I, again, don't cons, misconstrue Arkansas as a team that just because in 2018, 2019, they would roll over for people because they're not doing that anymore. They will fight. If they lose, it's not going to be from a lack of effort, okay? And that's how you beat teams on the road. You Like teams just kind of just let it happen to them, you know. That's how you beat teams 42 to 10 on the road. I just don't see that. You got to out physical them also. That's that's going to be a big key too. Can Arkansas out physical Texas? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the way that they're going to try to beat them. All right. 
I told Curtis I'd get to him. I had to wait for a guy behind me just like with a with a blower <laughs> the whole time. So um, let's get to Curtis here. For those of you who don't follow Curtis, he does a great job covering Razorback sports. Basketball, he's a tremendous basketball insider. Covers recruiting in that department, too. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. What's going to happen Saturday? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, just listening to your uh, to your rant there in the last 10 minutes, I, I might be changing my mind on this. I don't know. That was, that was pretty passionate. I love it. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying against the idea that Texas is going to come in here and just blow them out. You know, I just don't I don't see that happening. I think, um, you know, for the environment that it's going to be and all those kinds of things, I think Arkansas will play better on offense. I mean, I just said all that stuff. I, I'm not saying Texas is going to lose the game because I, I think that they are, have to be the favorite. I think you have to pick them as the favorite to win. I'm just saying, like, that doesn't mean that Arkansas has no chance in this one because I think they do. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, I, I think when we – did our full season predictions a, a couple weeks ago. I, I want to say I picked Texas to win by about three. Uh, and, and that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm really just kind of looking for a reason to change that. But, uh, you know, looking at it, I, I think KJ Jefferson's got to be a lot better for Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Do I, do I think he can be? Uh, yeah, but, but I need to see it, you know, and, and I, I really like what you were saying there about uh, just kind of putting it on Hudson Carr, you know, in, in that hostile environment, first start on the road. Uh, you know, can you make a big play and, and get a turnover or two out of him? I think that would be huge. Uh, and then, you know, special teams, you're right. You know, I, I would love to, to go into a game just knowing that, you know, Arkansas wasn't going to have a punt block or, or have mm-hmm. some kind of huge hiccup there. Uh, and I think eventually they're going to turn that corner, but I have to see it before I believe it. So I don't, I don't have any around. faith in it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have zero faith that they're going to just get it's things crazy. turned around suddenly on special teams. They'll make it. They'll make a mistake that'll cost them. I mean, Texas has got a bona fide burner back there and Deshaun Jameson. I mean, he can, yeah, he, he can, can flat out fly. So, he can go. What, so what else, what, tell, tell us what you see about this Texas offense, wide receivers. We haven't really talked a whole lot. It's been Hudson Card and, you know, the offensive line obviously has some – some issues, uh, according to Texas people, although they, I think four starters returned. But uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot about, like, wide receiver play. Like, what do you see out of uh, out of them? They got anybody too dynamic? Yeah, I, I tell you what, one guy that really stood out to me was a sophomore, Jordan Whittington. Uh, you know, he's the guy that he had seven receptions, 113 yards and a touchdown. So he was kind of the main target there for Hudson Card. Uh, 6'1", 203 pounds. Uh, this guy's a matchup problem. You know, he he kept finding himself open, and he's hard to bring down. Physical receiver, uh, so he's definitely one to watch. They have a couple other guys there who uh, I know that they were high on coming into the season. Didn't do a whole lot in the first game, but uh, still, you know, worth noting. Xavier Worthy and Joshua Moore. Uh, but then you look at the other guys who are who are catching passes there. Uh, and you have to consider the running backs. Uh, you know, Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, this guy's a, a bona fide Heisman candidate, and in, in my opinion, you know, at running back, he had 20 carries there for 103 yards and a touchdown. But he also added four receptions for 73 yards and a score. So he's definitely a weapon there uh, out of the backfield. And then you have to look at a guy like his backup, Roshan Johnson. 
another one who they'll who they'll bring out of the backfield as a pass catching threat too. So, uh, yeah, a couple receivers there, but they like to get those running backs involved in the passing game as well. Curtis Wilkerson joining us. You can follow Curtis right there on the screen at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. He has been with us for over a year and uh, just does a fantastic job. So, Curtis, you've got uh, some keys to victory and five burning questions. We'll go over the keys to victory real quick just because they're always pretty much the same. Everybody likes to come up with all these different ideas for what it's going to take to win, but it always comes down to penalties, turnovers, special teams, injuries, and I guess COVID. Uh, And then you have a, a special different one. And I always say, you know, mistakes and making your opponent capitalize on your mistakes and that's kind of encompasses everything but uh your bonus one is the third down and we talked about that a little bit texas was very efficient on third down and, and also in stopping uh louisiana and arkansas has got to improve in that area yeah no doubt about it just to run through those real quick you know penalties like you said texas played a, a pretty clean game uh, overall arkansas did not <laughs> and so uh you know you would think a, a lot of those things they'll be able to clean up but you know, 13 flags for, what was it, a, a, over 100 yards, that's just way too many. Uh, you know, obviously you'd like to see them avoid, uh, you know, more targeting calls, and it seems like they're good for at least one of those a game now. Uh, but you can't really afford in a game like this to, to lose one of your key players, uh, especially when you're already going to be without bumper pool for a half. So uh, hopefully they can avoid that. You know, they had a couple pass interference flags. Were all of them legit? I don't know. Uh, and then a late hit out of bounds there. So those big ones that wind up extending drives or, or kind of shifting momentum, uh, man, you just really hope to avoid those. Uh, turnovers, I think, are going to be key. We talked about, you know, the importance, and that's one of the burning questions that I have is, you know, will Arkansas be able to rattle Hudson Card? Uh, if you can, and you can force a turnover or two out of them, I think that obviously really increases the chances of, of winning there for the Razorbacks. Uh, special teams, we talked about it. I'll move on. We, we just we just got to see some better play there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, injuries always are going to be a factor. And then, yeah, third downs. I, I was really impressed with Texas, you know, 10 of 15 success rate there on third down. And a lot of those were third and long. And, and Hudson Card was 8 of 10 passing on third down. Uh, they converted six uh, times on third down at, at third and six or longer. So, uh, you know, Arkansas is going to have to really buckle down there. And then, like you said, they've, they've got to be better uh, converting their own third down tries. I, I just think with the tempo that they play at, you know, Arkansas's drives typically aren't going to be very time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got to be able to move the chains more effectively and, and just give the defense some time to catch their breath and, and recover a little bit. So uh, definitely important, in my opinion, going into the game. You're looking for Arkansas to find a rhythm on offense. And we talked about Bijan Robinson a little bit. That's another one of your your burning questions. Can he be contained? And um, can Arkansas rattle Hudson Card? And that's another one we talked about. So who wins this chess match between Barry Odom and Steve Sarkeesian? These are two guys that, uh, you know, obviously Barry Odom has been a, a head coach and, um, you know, led a pretty effective defense for Arkansas for the first six games till the last four where they started to struggle a little bit. So who wins this battle? Yeah, I, I'm really, really fascinated to see, you know, just as a as a fan of the game, you know, Barry Odom and, and Sark are two guys that I've really enjoyed following because mm-hmm. they're, they're really good at their job, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I look at it and I, I would like to think, uh, and this is not being a homer here, I would like to think that Barry Odom – could get the best of this matchup because if you look at some of the intangibles it kind of favors Arkansas uh, obviously being the home team in this situation 
you know, Barry Odom's got his unit in the, in the second year in his system. Uh, Sark is in his second game, right, over mm-hmm. at Texas. And, and he's got the redshirt freshman quarterback there. So how involved and, and deep into the playbook are they? I mean, we're going to find out on Saturday. But, you know, I, I like the way it looks there for Odom. I, I thought, you know, last year uh, on, a, on a less talented, less experienced group that he had, uh, you know, think back to some of the things they did. They kind of set the blueprint for how, you know, other other teams wound up attacking people with uh, with Mississippi State's air raid, Ole Miss, and the lane train. You know, he found a way to shut those things down and, and scheme up well. So I, I don't really have any reason to believe that he can't do that in this matchup as well. I think what's notable with the matchup also is, first of all, I think it was, you know, a pretty decent defense last year, especially against those first six games. But – you didn't have a whole lot of depth on the defensive line and you did lose a right. defensive lineman, but you have 10 starters back from that group right. last year and you added Trey Williams and uh, Mark Lutze, who both started at Missouri uh, last year. Um, well, Trey Williams, I think, after four games, but um, he, he has started plenty of times in his career. And then John Ridgway, who uh, missed the last game with appendicitis, um, and he's he's going to start this game most likely, 6'6", 320-pound, nose you have better depth on the defensive line, and you have – and all those guys beat out guys that were – you know, two guys that were starting last year and, and Isaiah Nichols and uh, and Eric Gregory. So, you have that. You have better depth. I think you've got a better secondary than you had the year before. I think they've got a pretty salty defense, a, a competitive defense that uh, that is going to give some teams problems. And they did last year, but I think that they can do better against the run. Now, the the last thing I want to get to you with is, is your number one one uh, – KJ Jefferson, can he perform on the big stage? You know, I thought was interesting. We heard with KJ that you know he's not as much as a practice player; he's more of a under the lights type of guy. Well, then they say he's got nerves (laughs) in the opener. So, I mean, like you can't be like good, but you're not. You know, you got nerves on game day, and you're not a good practice player. Not that he's a bad (laughs) practice player, but you know what I'm saying, like. Can he bounce back? We've seen we've we got two samples, right? We've got the Missouri game last year, and we got the Rice game. One was good, one was bad. You know, so is it in the middle somewhere? Who knows? What do you what do you think? We're we gonna see a better KJ on Saturday. Yeah, I I really do. I, I really think we're gonna see a better KJ. And uh, you know, again, I I go back and I've and I've watched the game a couple times now, and, and obviously we were there in person last weekend and. Uh, you know, I, I think he's catching a little bit too much flack. Now, you know, did he sell some throws? Absolutely. Uh, does he need to take a little bit of heat off that fastball at times? Yeah, probably so. He, he's probably a little amped up, a little juice, a little rev. Uh, but you know what? I, I just don't see Traylon Burks dropping two passes this week. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think settling in a little bit he did in the second half uh, you've got to believe that Kendall Bryles is going to you know find a way to help him settle in early uh, by utilizing him maybe with some more designed runs and things like that just to get him in the flow a little bit more uh, you know is, is he going to have those those moments where he makes, makes some head scratching throws and you're thinking what was that mm-hmm. yeah and that's probably just who he is but uh, I definitely think that, that he's better than he showed last weekend. I, and I expect a better game from him. I, I think the game plan is going to be a little bit better suited to his strengths as well. So, uh, you know, hey, if, if he can give that type of performance that he did against Missouri last year, uh, I think Arkansas's got a great shot to win that game because I thought he was terrific. But, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, at the very least, somewhere in between what we saw there and what we saw last weekend, uh, that's reasonable to expect. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you, brother. 
Hey, anytime. All right. That's Curtis Wilkerson again. Curtis does a fantastic job. You should absolutely be following him on Twitter if you're not already, especially when basketball season gets here. The guy just takes it to another level. Okay. I want to transition right over to Taylor Estes. Taylor, is, I've actually known Taylor for probably a decade, going back to our days at Rivals, uh, but she does a great job. She's the managing editor over at Horns 24-7. You can follow her at Horns, or excuse me, you can follow Taylor at Taylor Estes247. And uh, again, does a great job over there for any Longhorn fans out there listening. And they're 30% off right now and $1 for your first month. Taylor, how you doing? Hey, Trey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to have you on. I hope you're feeling better. Um, I know you were a little bit under the weather but uh, and won't be making the trip here, but um, we'll, uh, we'll certainly miss you for... Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we I probably know you going back to about a decade when we were both at Rivals together. And um, for some reason, like when we'd have those conventions and stuff, we all like the same group started kind of uh, gravitating together. We'd all end up hanging out together and stuff. So um, you, yeah. do a, you do a fantastic job over at the Texas site and, uh, and you and Chip and uh, your, your crew over there. So uh, your guys are to be commended for the job you do over there. So, Taylor, I just wanted to, to jump right into it with you. Um, we did a little uh, behind enemy lines uh, feature earlier, and I asked you a few questions. We can just kind of go over those, and uh, if you can just update us a little bit on the latest um, injury, suspension information uh, that Texas has going on. Um, you know, Texas is actually pretty healthy entering this game. Um, they were pretty healthy for the most part as well entering um, the week one game against Louisiana um, tight end Jared Wiley, Steve Sar- we talked to Steve Sarkeesian actually just a little bit ago, and he gave an update that tight end Jared Wiley, he had been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue. He still played against Louisiana, but his um, reps were definitely limited and his production was not very good in that game. So he's going to be a game time decision. Um, Junior Engelau, the starting right guard for Texas, he had left in the second half of the Louisiana game with a knee injury, but Sarkeesian said that he will be good to go. Um, aside from Wiley, the only other one that sounds like he will probably miss a game is redshirt freshman wide receiver Trey O'Meary. He missed all of last season with um, a torn ACL that he suffered in fall camp. And then he kind of re-aggravated his knee a little bit late in fall camp this year. So he's been, it's not as serious, it doesn't sound like at least, but it sounds like he will probably at least miss this next game, if not maybe the, the one after that as well. There was a really highly publicized quarterback battle with Hudson Card and, and Casey Thompson. Uh, what was it about Hudson Card, in your opinion, that separates him and, and allowed him to win the job? And, and how do you see him performing on his first road game in a hostile environment? You know, I think to start with that, you know, the biggest thing that Card really presents is I would say he's more of a true quarterback and probably fits more of what Sarkeesian ideally wants in his type of offense that he runs. You know, he's um, he's really accurate, especially in the short and inter- intermediate passing game. Um, he also is a true dual threat. He is a good athlete, I will say that. You know, um, he was wide receiver bef- um, at Lake Travis High School before he moved into the quarterback role. But, you know, overall, I think the biggest thing was his ability to protect the football is really what started getting him to pull away in fall camp over Casey Thompson. You know, Casey Thompson had a really good performance, you know, in his one, you know, basically main game where it wasn't just garbage time when he played against Colorado in the Alamo Bowl. However, you know, Casey Thompson was a little bit reckless with the football entering fall camp and coming out of spring, it was really neck and neck. And so when Casey started having more turnovers in fall camp, 
Hudson started getting a lot more of the rush with the ones, and he really kind of took the job and ran with it. Um, you know, the one thing that Steve Sarkeesian really likes about Hudson Card, and this could definitely impact um, Saturday's game, is he's a really even-keeled type of player. He doesn't get up too high on himself. He doesn't get down too low on himself. And Sarkeesian believes that that's going to help him, especially in, you know, adversity type of situations, um, not really get into his own head. Now, you can say that all you want, you know, when you play one home game in the college level at all, and then in fall camp, you know, it's totally going to be something to watch, I think, uh, just watching his demeanor and if he can keep that even-keeled approach on the road in a hostile environment in front of a sellout crowd at Arkansas, you know, I think you're going to learn a lot about basically Hudson Card, where he is mentally approaching the game in his um, freshman season, and if he can really keep that type of, you know, level-headed approach, I think that will really work to his benefit and the benefit of the Texas offense on Saturday. Taylor Estes joining us. You can follow Taylor at Taylor Estes, E-S-T-E-S, at, uh, excuse me, Taylor Estes 247 on Twitter and uh, and obviously read her content at Horns 24-7. And um, as you can see, Taylor knows her stuff, and that's one of the reasons uh, I like talking to Taylor. She, you should see this girl throw a football, too. We've, we've been to <laughs> – We've been to many camps, but I mean, you can you can really sling a football like impress like surprisingly impressive, um, spinning the ball. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> I take that as a huge compliment. That is a compliment. That is a that is a uh, that's about as good as one I can deliver. Uh, so, um, we know about this Texas offense and and Hudson Carr. We just talked about him, obviously, and every, everybody knows about B. John Robinson and, and the talent that he has. Uh, but the one weakness that you kind of pointed out to me is the offensive line. Even though I guess four starters return, it's it's a unit that that's got to shore some things up, right? Yeah, they really do. You know, and and honestly, if you look at just like the stat sheet and you see how productive Texas was in the run game and the week one opener against Louisiana, you probably wouldn't think that the offensive line had issues. Honestly, the I, I, that's Bijan Robinson. It wasn't the offensive line, you know doing an excellent job to open holes for him. You know, a lot of the runs were up to the outside in that game against Louisiana. But, you know, when you have that many veterans and upperclassmen on um, the offensive line, especially, you don't expect kind of the boneheaded mistakes. And you saw that, you know, with um, multiple false start penalties, holding penalties that Texas had, and they were all on upperclassmen. There's one redshirt freshman who's the center, Jake Majors, and you'd almost maybe give him a pass if he was the one that was, you know, getting the flags because he's really, you know, just breaking in as a starting role at center, but it wasn't him. It was the upper, you know, the veteran guys that have been on campus for four, five, six years. There's literally four, three or five year and six year mm-hmm. guys on that offensive line. You just don't want to see that. And so, you know, I think that the thing that Texas does have to its advantage is I do believe that um, offensive line coach and offensive coordinator Kyle Flood, who is at Alabama with Sarkeesian, I think he's really good, and he's going to be a coach that can, you know, help correct a lot of the mistakes. But the problem is the offensive line has been such an issue for Texas for many years. I mean, they've only had two offensive linemen drafted, I think, dating back to 2008. And so the elite offensive linemen really aren't looking at the University of Texas because of the inability that they've, you know, the struggles they've had in developing NFL future NFL talent on the offensive line. So, you know, Kyle Flood definitely has his work cut out for him. But, and honestly, the worst thing you could probably do for a first-time starter on the road in a very hostile environment is make those type of mistakes. So that could be, you know, definitely something to watch and could be critical um, in Texas success or, 
you know, non-success on the road this weekend. What do you think has been the biggest difference with Steve Sarkeesian coming in and replacing uh, Tom Herman? And in terms of not just on the field, but just the culture, the vibe uh, that, that surrounds the program? Um, that's a great question because – Trey, I always, I've been joking about this a lot lately. I've covered, this is my 10th year as a credentialed media member covering Texas. And I could probably write 10 books on my time as a credentialed media member because there's been so much, you know, turmoil, changes, all of that. Nine of those books could probably be dedicated to Tom Herman because he was just such a, um, I'll say a PC word, unique personality to mm-hmm. deal with. Um And his approach really just did not resonate well with a lot of the players. I mean, he had this really hard-nosed, tough guy type of approach with the team, and that's totally understandable, but he didn't have the skins on the wall to back it up, like, say, a Nick Saban or an Urban Meyer, you know, or whoever. You go down the list of the coaches that actually won championships. You know, Tom Herman came to Texas as, you know, after just two years as a head coach at, at the college level, and he came in guns blazing, essentially saying, this is my way or the highway. And it really pushed a lot of people off. And so that's why you saw a ton of players that should not have left early for the NFL draft at Texas leave early for the NFL draft, even though they were told not to, because they didn't want to play for Tom Herman. And, and you know, with Steve Sarkeesian, he's definitely a polar opposite. He's definitely more of a laid back type of guy. He's extremely tough and he demands toughness out of his players. And he's a tough love type of coach. But the way I look at it is he doesn't forget the love part. You know, he kind of, he knows when to turn it off. He knows when to be really hard on guys and he knows when to lift guys up. And that's something that is absolutely not what Tom Herman was. Mm. So, you know, it's still early. I think we'll still see how this culture, his inflammation of it, you know, he's talked about how the culture is not something that can be developed overnight. It's something that takes time and building relationships with people and making sure that the team understands that they're coming from an approach to, um, you know, put them in a successful position to win games and not just be, you know, jerks to them, essentially. So we'll see if it pays off. But I definitely know that the way that Tom Herman approached it did not work, you know, and um, clearly he only lasted four years at Texas. So if anything, I mean, maybe this will work, maybe it won't, but at least we know the other approach definitely did not work at Texas. So I think Sark actually recognizes that and has a lot more um, understanding of other people and not thinking you know, only in his own mind, like how Tom Herman basically did all the time. I've, I've never been, uh, you know, covered a, a program that's, uh, that's had that. Um, you know, I'm just joking. Obviously, Chad Moore. So <laughs> yeah. People people don't realize, like, people always talk about the Jimmys and the Joes and the X's and the O's, and they always forget about that culture and the bond that a team has to have. They have to fight for their head coach. They have to be willing to go to war for him. And people don't talk about that nearly enough, and it's very important because if you don't have that, then there's no way that you can take it to the next level. And I've covered Houston Nutt, Bobby Petrino, Brett Bielema, Chad Morris, John L. Smith, we don't speak his name around here, and uh, and now uh, Sam Pittman. So I've seen all different kinds of approaches, and the one that works is a little bit of tough love, but love is is a key part of it too. So, For Taylor, sure. I want to take you to the answer. How's this game going to play out? What's your prediction? What do you see happening on Saturday? So this is honestly, Trey, this is tough for me because, um, you know, I think that Texas definitely looked good in week one, and Hudson Card obviously played a clean game in his collegiate debut as a starter, but he's still a registered freshman, and there's so many different variables that really could impact the 
you know, the way that this game plays out as a whole. Um, I would say, you know, with him going into his first hostile environment on the road, his first ever road game, he's definitely got to keep that even keeled demeanor and not make the mental mistakes. And I think that, you know, if he can do that in this game and the offense can, you know, continue to be productive while the defense can also, you know, maybe definitely focus on stopping the run, I think Arkansas number one, and then just, you know, make sure to get off the field when they're supposed to get off the field. I could see Texas winning a close one, but I will also say that, you know, if, if Card doesn't keep his, you know, um, his head clear, he doesn't, if he starts making some mental errors and the defense, you know, has to stay on the field for much longer than they should, then I definitely could see this going Arkansas's way. Um, so I'm kind of torn, but I would say, I think I would probably give Texas a little bit of an edge at this point. I definitely don't think it's going to be a blowout. I would imagine maybe anywhere from like a three to seven point win for Texas. But again, it comes down to if Hudson Card keeps that even killed approach or not. Mm-hmm. And so it'll definitely be something to watch. Okay, Taylor. Well, I really appreciate you joining us and, uh, and providing the insight that you have here. And um, hope you get to feeling better soon. And uh, maybe we'll see you again sometime. Yeah, thanks so much, Trey. Okay, all right. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor Estes, again, follow her, Taylor Estes247. That's spelled E-S-T-E-S. Used to be Taylor Gasper, and um, she just does, she's very talented, as you can see. She knows her way around the Longhorn program. All right, we're going to jump to your questions now. I hope you guys enjoy that insight. Um, she's one of the best in the business, for sure. I always, always liked following uh Taylor and, and the information she provides about the Longhorns. So before we get started on your questions, one more time, if you haven't followed the page on Facebook, go ahead and follow it now. Also follow us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us that five-star rating and leave a review so others can know what to expect. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Also, $1 right now for your first month at HAWGsports.com. You can also sign up for an annual membership for 30% off if you if you want to go that route. So, all right, let's see what you got. We're only taking good questions today, people. Only taking good questions. We've got a lot of predictions. Ray Saber says, how do you think the defense looks without Gerald? I think that, I think that they have enough depth on the defensive line um, to – to get through an injury. Now, it's not ideal, obviously, but that's why you recruit depth, and uh, injuries happen in football. It's unfortunate, especially unfortunate for a guy that um, has had so many injuries. So, Adrian Jones says, I don't care who the Hogs are playing. I'm always picking them to win. It's not a bad attitude to have. You might set yourself up for some disappointment from time to time, especially the last few years, but um, it's a good way to approach it with the sun shining every day, I guess. Todd Drake says, is Bumper Pool not playing the whole game or just the first half? Just the first half. He has to miss the first half. Kenneth, Kenneth Quackenbush, uh, I haven't heard that name before, Quackenbush. Uh, Odom can throw some exotic defenses at, at card. If so, we win, but Jefferson has to do job. I could see them bringing some exotic blitzes from the secondary. Um, you know, the – the rule says, or the guideline, maybe it's more of a guideline than a rule, but um, you kind of you come after inexperienced quarterbacks and you, you kind of sit back in coverage for more experienced ones. So I would expect them to try to rattle him, hit him, be physical. I mean, that's, the, that's what – so much stuff we can talk about, you know, this and that. 
so much of this is going to be who's more physical, who's flying over the pile. When you're watching on TV, you need to see Razorbacks flying over the pile on tackle. How many Razorbacks do you see in a frame? Is it going to be like, he's got it, pulling up? Because we saw a lot of that over the years, especially under Chad Morris. He's got it. I ain't worried about it. He's got it. No. No, sir. You got to be flying over the pile. You got to be going crazy. I mean, that's how you play defense. And on offense, too. I mean, you got to be physical. Can't back down from anybody. Nick Headley says, what player will have the best game? I have a hard time betting against Jalen Catalan. Todd Drake says, do you think A.J. Green will play in this game? I think so. They've been trying to get him ready. I think we're going to see A.J. You know, as, as Sam Pittman was saying, I asked him about it the other day, but as he says, you know, he feels like, first of all, he feels A.J. would have, you know, played if he hadn't been, you know, injured. But they've been trying to get him up to speed. But he feels A.J. is kind of that in-between, a little over 200 pounds, blistering speed. He's got speed like, you know, trailing, you know, the faster guys and, you know, got a little bit better size. So he's kind of like in the middle. So you kind of got three different types of backs there that you can go with there. So Ryan Hewitt says, apart from K.J., what offensive player needs to be the X factor for a hog win on Saturday? That is Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks needs to be Traylon Burks. I think we saw maybe the worst of Traylon Burks last weekend. He had two drops. Just, just wasn't in sync ever. A bunch of people have asked what's going on with Trey Knox and what about Hudson Henry, says Philip Warren. Uh, I think what we could see more of Hudson Henry in this one. Uh, I think we could possibly see Trey Knox some, but he has been working at tight end also. He's been working at tight end and wide receiver. Uh, I think it's you know just comes as simple as like some guys moving past him on the depth chart, some guys outperforming him. That's that's what it comes down to. Um, it's unfortunate because he seems like a guy with so much upside, so much potential. And then Hudson, I think, that really has a lot of ability. It's just he's got to stay healthy. Stephen Shope says, we are going to win Saturday. I'm not discounting it. Again, you know, I don't mean to tell Texas fans that they don't have a good team. I'm just saying they don't have something that Arkansas hasn't seen before. Okay, I mean, I don't. That's not discounting because the SEC is incredibly difficult, and there are some great, highly talented teams in this conference. Um, but like, I just see a lot of you know, like people think that they're just going to march in here and just wipe the floor with Arkansas, and I just don't see that happening. I would be really. I'm not saying it can't happen. I would be really surprised to see that happening. I just think Arkansas has got a better team than that. Adrian Jones says, more plays for Rocket Sanders. Get the ball to Burks. Yes. I want to see Rocket Sanders run the ball more. Rick Taylor says, is Burks practicing? Yes, he is practicing. He's been – he was out there Monday. He was out there Tuesday. He was, he was in green, but he was doing everything in full. Casey French Fulton says, live in Texas. We're having a get-together at my Texas fan, friends. Friends, I'm going to need Arkansas to get it together. <laughs> Trenton John says, we see Burks in the type of game we're used to seeing him having. I, I mean, I don't – Texas has some good secondary. But, like, Deshaun Jameson, I'm telling you guys, that guy is really fast. Now, he – now, Burks lines up in the slot a lot. So, we could see that over uh, – I'm going to mispronounce his name. I don't want to do that. But, um, the, the hybrid outside linebacker guy, we could see him. He goes about 6'2", 217. So, he's a bigger guy uh, who's, who's fast and athletic too. So, maybe we could see him covering Burks some. I don't know. I don't know how it will work out with him in the slot. But if he's outside, then, you know, and maybe they just decide to put Jameson on him. But Jameson, you know, goes about 5'10", so he's smaller, about five inches smaller. But 
He's really fast and, and talented, and he's going to be a factor in special teams. Cannot kick to that guy. Cannot. Have, that's why I almost say, like, maybe you ought to consider going with Sam Lloyd because what I know about Sam Lloyd is he punts it too high and not far enough out. Like, he needs to have a better trajectory. But in this game, I wouldn't mind seeing a 35, 40-yard punt <laughs> with a lot of hang time where you can really cover it. You definitely don't need to line drive it to that kid. He'd be in trouble. He'll house it on you. Alan Jeter says 24-21 hogs. Janice Stewart says, I just hope the play calling last week was the hogs not wanting to give anything away for the Texas game. Well, I mean, when it's when you're down, what was it, 17-7 at one point? I mean – you, you better not be vanilla. <laughs> you better start. And I don't. I think that they did call some. I mean, like the second quarter, you had that run by uh, – you had that in, uh, motion with uh, Traylon Burks, which, you know, everybody turned their heads and started following him. And then you ran – you know, handed off to Traylon Smith and he picked up 20 yards. That wasn't like a vanilla play. Trucker Boudreaux – Trucking Boudreaux says, Fat KJ will throw for 200 yards, two touchdowns, and have 50-plus on a comeback game. Burks, 100 receiving and seven catches. <laughs> I just don't make that as an acne. Although, he wouldn't be the only quarterback because um, uh, Brooks Ellis told me when they were growing up that Austin Allen's nickname was Fat. <laughs> when they were growing up. <laughs> that was the nickname, Fat. <laughs> Jacob Deaver says, hey, Trey, what do you expect the reaction to be on Dixon Street regardless of the outcome? I mean, it's going to be – Dixon Street's going to be packed. D-I-C-K, not D-I-X, D-I-C-K-S-O-N. I just spelled <laughs> – I got to make sure I spell the full name of the street before I pause in the middle of it. I'm going to hear about that one. <laughs> D-I-C-K-S-O-N, Dixon. KJ doesn't have to win this game. We just need him not to lose it. That's a good point. Don't make mistakes. Hit the throws that you're supposed to make. I mean, some of that stuff's easy slant. I mean, there's like you sail some, you have some dropped. That's And that's true of the wide receivers too. They got to catch the ball. Hog fans need to be the 12th man, says Bradley M. Trucker. Kesney Nichols says, nobody attacked me but 38-17 Texas. I mean, I'm not saying that score can't happen. I mean, especially like you start getting desperate – you know, if Texas has a lead, start getting desperate, then I could see that happening. I just – I don't think it's going to be just an absolute route in this game. I think Arkansas has a chance to win. I think Texas will win. But, like, I would never sit here and say Arkansas has no chance to win. <laughs> I'm getting messages from people. <laughs> uh, live radio, live YouTube channel. Rick Taylor says if the Hogs want SEC recognition, then they need a win Saturday against Texas. Nothing else will do. Hey, that's a great point, Rick. I mean, because, like, it's not just this game that's going to be, you know, impacted. Like, this game sets the tone for the rest of the season. It sets the tone for recruiting. You got you got a bunch of recruits coming in here. And Danny West, you can read the full visit list and his thoughts on it on Hog Sports. But this is a big recruiting weekend. It's a 6 o'clock game, so players are going to make it. It's Texas. 
you know, they brought some guys in on official visits, I think, that they thought, you know, would also come on their own dime for the Texas game, uh, you know, back in June. So, it's big for recruiting. It's big for getting better slots for home games also, like time slots, kickoff times, because you don't want – the worst thing you can have for recruiting, because Arkansas has to reach out a little farther than most SEC schools for talent have to go into Texas, the worst thing you want is an 11 o'clock game, especially when you don't have a whole lot of home games. You lose one because of the Texas game in Arlington, Texas A&M game in Arlington. So, to me – you win this game, not only do you have that momentum, you know, that belief that starts to develop of knocking off a ranked Texas team in Fayetteville, but recruiting the impact it can have with having those visitors there in an electric atmosphere, winning a game like that, setting the tone for other games, time slots for other games, when they might be picked up to get more recruits in. It all rolls over. As our buddy Keith Grayson used to say, it used to be the cycle of suck, but you can change that to a cycle like, I don't know what the what the word would be, but the cycle of, I don't know, something else, but something positive. Uh, you know, again, get the ball rolling on that and, you know, pick up steam that way. Stephen Shope says, got to be a record-breaking cl- crowd. I mean, record-breaking loud. You know, it with it being a 76,000-seat stadium, you know, it has a chance to be that. If they count everybody that's in there. Now, in the past, they've just counted, you know, sold tickets and stuff. They haven't counted media, teams, concessions, all those people that are actually in the building. They used to do that. That's why the record attendance is like 75, 76,000, even though it was a 72,000-seat stadium. So this one, you're going to have 76,000 people in the seats, plus all those other people. You have a chance to, in theory, I would guess, get up to about 80,000 actually people inside the stadium. Rick Hogan says Arkansas loses on a blocked field goal and a score by Texas. We play them even on offense and defense and lose on special teams by six. Arkansas will return the ensuing kickoff for a touchdown, but it will be called back by a phantom flag. Don't put that on me. Don't say that kind of stuff. Arkansas special teams will likely cost them in this game. Stephen Shope says, I got the red blood hogs fan for life. Jason Norton says, any news on special uniforms this weekend? I was thinking some throwbacks with the slobber knocker hog would be great. You know, I could see them doing something like the uh, red, white, and blue hog, a patch on the shoulder commemorating 9-11 or something like that. But I, I would like to see them keep the jersey as is, aside from maybe adding a, a patch or the red, white, and blue hog like they did uh, several years ago in War Memorial, something like that maybe. Joey Mark says, Trey, no Arkansas fan wants to follow a Longhorn sports rider. I get that, but we have had a lot of Texas interactions on our videos and, and podcasts and stuff. So I know that there are Texas fans watching and listening. They're going to throw us a down vote. Go ahead and throw us a down vote, Texas fan. I know you're going to. I know you're going to. But we had your girl Taylor on here. She did a great job. She really does do a great job. That's why we have her on the show. And so the Texas fans that are out there listening, I'm sure they they appreciated having her on. So give us a thumbs up now. Change that thumbs down to a thumbs up. Do you think KJ would be more calm and accurate on his throws? I, I sure hope so. I mean, I just he was not very good on Saturday. Now he opened some things up with his legs. I mentioned on the last show that I think you know they'll bring a safety down, drop a safety down in the box, and if they do that and he can hit his throws, then he could really cause problems for for Texas. 
Aaron Anderson says, do you feel Browse's offense is B-R-I-L-E-S? Offense is sometimes – I won't get in trouble spelling Browse. Uh, offense is sometimes too flashy or has too much window dressing. I mean, I think that if K.J. doesn't overthrow some balls, if Devion Warren doesn't step out of bounds on a 29-yard catch, uh, if Devion doesn't drop a pass, Traylon doesn't drop two passes, then maybe we're talking about this offense getting off to a much faster start on Saturday. And K.J. maybe having a little bit more confidence uh, instead of trying to aim the ball and, and maybe getting a little bit of a case of the nerves. I, the only thing about this offense, and it's not just Browse, it's everybody, it's like if you get a long first down, you haul ass to the line of scrimmage and you hand the ball up up the middle for a yard gain. It seems like it always picks up about a yard. I don't know why that is, but we see that all the time. Shady White says, if we don't get three or more sacks on defense, we lose. And it's not just about sacks. It's about just getting back there and rattling him, you know, getting some hits on him, rushing him, moving the pocket, changing his launch point. Justin Carter says, just to score a couple more tickets to the game, anybody want to buy me a beer, I'll accept. Zach Johnson says, A.J. Green going to play any? I think we'll see him a little bit. I don't know if we'll see him a ton. I think we'll see probably the two – you know, the two backs we saw uh, last weekend mostly. But maybe maybe he gets in there. Can Gerald get a hardship and come back so next year or he'll probably be done? So this is his sixth year. I mean, technically he could get a medical hardship if the year is forgiven. So he would be the first player to ever play seven years, I guess, at Arkansas, maybe. I mean, he's – Gerald's probably pushing 24 years old. He's getting up there in age. But he doesn't have any film. He doesn't have any film to show anybody. You know, he doesn't – he can't get drafted. Nobody will draft him. It's unfortunate. I hate it. You know the guy worked hard. Happens every year. This one wasn't in a game. Bruce Armstrong says, do you think Arkansas will open up, open by a run, play action pass, or straight out pass? Opened with a pass last time and it ended in a sack. <laughs> I think it was a play action too. So, I don't know, maybe a run. I'll say this too, guys, and like this is like behind the podium. This isn't like – I think we, we're going to do this. This is like these coaches feel really good about this team, okay? And granted, they probably felt good about the last game and didn't have a really good showing. But I'm just saying like – and they may be wrong, but I'm telling you like behind the scenes, this staff feels good about where this program is, where this team is right now. Let's see. Trying to get some different kind of questions. If K.J. has a day like last week in the first half, do you think we'll see Malik in the second half? It's possible. I mean, if he has another bad performance, bad start, then it's possible. I know that they don't want to do that. They want, they want K.J. to be the guy. Um, but if he's not playing well then and it's a struggle, then, yeah, you absolutely can consider bringing in the backup quarterback. Any player behind Jarrell that brings consistent quarterback pressure ability, Trey Williams, he can get to the quarterback. Uh, Matteo Soli actually had a, zack, a sack last weekend. Is Hudson Henry just not as good as Hunter? I mean, I don't know if he's as good as Hunter yet, but we haven't seen him enough. In the time that we have seen him, he has done some good things. He just he keeps getting hurt. Slusher going to play this week. Slusher can – I think Slusher is, has the potential to be a really good player and maybe the best safety at Arkansas since Joe and Catalan who is the best safety at Arkansas. You know, if I take him out of the mix, I think Slusher has a chance to be really, really good. And he is he is expected to play. David Carr says, drink the beet juice, everybody. Going to be a long day. Drink it two and a half hours before athletic competition. Whoopig Suey from Louisiana. Go Hogs, says Ingrid Fort. 
Swarns be ready, says Rick Taylor. Don't know yet, but I know he can run. Let's see what else we got here. Why do we continue, says Alan Snyder. Why do we continue to run those wide receiver sweeps and around so often when they seem not to pay off regularly? They pay off sometimes. I mean, Josh France says, sounds like the Texas is like the Hogs. They still aren't sure about the quarterback. They are wait and see like us. Ray Saber says, if we beat Texas, do you think we break in the top 25? I don't know if they will break in the top 25. Now, I know if Texas was unranked and not receiving any votes and knocked off the 15th team in the country, they would move into 15th. There's no question. You absolutely know it. And this one, Arkansas might receive some votes. They're not getting ranked. They beat Texas. They're just not in that range yet where, like, they're receiving enough votes or on enough people's radar. However, there's going to be a lot of people watching this game. It's not a great slate of games tomorrow. There will be a lot of eyes on Arkansas-Texas, especially in the SEC footprint because it's kind of a preview of things to come in a way. James Wilcox says, this is one we need to win, a huge opportunity for us. It's a, it's a big opportunity, and our defense will come to play 28-21 Arkansas. It is a big opportunity for Arkansas. There's no question about it. It's everything that you want in a game. You get a team that you have historically hated in Texas coming to Fayetteville for a 6 o'clock game on ESPN. The only thing missing is ESPN College Game Day, but you get the runner-up. You get SEC Nation there. That's the only thing really missing. Marcus Brown says defense will win the game for us. We'll struggle on defense if the rest give us multiple ghost carding tosses. Neil Tucker. That's another thing. Like, is it Big 12 officials for this one? I think it probably is. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Maybe Big 12 officials don't like Texas for <laughs> trying to break up the league. But that's – I mean, that's key, obviously. All those calls. I mean, like you – like, if it's a rash of targeting calls and stuff like that or phantom holding calls and stuff like it was last week or, you know, the, the targeting calls like in the Ole Miss game, which, again, like, people, I've been watching these games, like, and somebody was giving me somebody was giving me all kinds of hell. Like, I was saying that that shouldn't be a penalty. It should be a penalty. You should be penalized for targeting. The problem is the penalty is too harsh. Being ejected from an entire game for – not like intent for like accidentally clicking helmets for making a mistake, like flag them, give them 25 yards, give them strike one of two before you throw them out of the game. I just think it's, it's too harsh of a penalty. And the thing of it is also that I don't like is like too many times you miss it. So you're going to hand down the stiffest penalty you could possibly give aside from like, you know, canceling somebody's season, the stiffest penalty you can give to a player and you miss it so many times because I saw Greg Brooks on the same play that Grant Morgan was ejected. I saw Greg Brooks hit hit dude on the helmet, or him or him hit him on the helmet. Um, I saw Myron Morrison hit Traylon Burks in the helmet. I saw uh, Andrew Parker for Arkansas hit the Rice quarterback in the helmet. All like after he throws the ball when he's defenseless, all up in his face. I think I did that last week. Deja vu. Like and those aren't called. So like you hand you hand down a penalty so stiff and you miss obvious targeting calls also and there were times in that old miss game i think i saw four targeting calls there were times where i saw that they missed targeting calls in that game rick taylor says trey i'm biased what was your opinion of the two targeting calls i thought they were targeting you got to throw the flag they're targeting 
Throwing people out of the game. I'm not sure who the rest will be. I think it's going to be Big 12 rest. I think that's how they do it. Barbara Blaine says, you know, David Basil has breakthrough COVID and will miss the game. Yeah, I did. Actually, I'll be on, you guys can watch me, 7 o'clock on Channel 7 in Little Rock uh, in Central Arkansas. I'll be on, um, and I guess I'll be talking virtually with David. I'm not sure how that'll work, but I'll be on set there uh, with Channel 7 at 7 o'clock. My segment is 7 o'clock for the pregame show, 7 to 10. So tune in to Channel 7. Kevin Methlin says, no dang black unis or white helmets. Chrome and red helmets would be clean. Says Sam Kerr, just wear the regular regular uniforms and add something for 9-11 to commemorate. I won't be in, I'll be in lot 44, yes, Matt. That's where I park, but I won't be there for SEC Nation in the morning. No way. Rocket going to have a breakout game, says Marcus Brown. Let's see where else we got. Any other super interesting questions? No, Knox didn't necessarily switch positions. He's working at both. Andrew Ingram says Zach Zyme is playing for push for playing time. Not really. I'd say he's probably third team right now. Mark Douglas says big key, big key keeping the players' heads level at, at kickoff. The hype leading up all week could possibly be overwhelming and hurt focus. Coach will earn their pay this week. Need to start out strong. Keep the fans in it. Give the fans a reason to cheer. Fans got to be proactive also. When they need you to cheer, when they need you, you got to be there. It can't just be like a reaction to a good play. It needs to be – you know, getting involved, going crazy on third downs, making it difficult. This is a big game for this program. Everybody's got it's, – it's not just an 11 on the field in this one. Jason Norton says the pros don't even get ejected the first time. They get fined, I guess. If anybody, they should be the first time. Rick Taylor says – maybe take somebody's NIL money. Rick Taylor says we really called the Hogs at a wedding in Austin recently, very close to the Texas campus. Hope we didn't upset them too much. Couldn't help it. It is kind of funny to think about, like, you know, 9-11, 18 years ago, I, you know, a lot of us were in Austin. It was a great game. Matt Jones, Cedric Cobbs ran well. Everybody was saying Matt Jones is too hurt to play right before kickoff. Let's see. Aaron Anderson says, don't remember the exact play, but did y'all say see KJ run some over on a block, someone over on a block? KJ is stout. He can knock some people over. I did not like the fourth and two call at midfield. I thought they should have punted that ball there. Wish Pittman would have called a timeout and punted, but um, this wasn't a, wasn't a great play call there and a time to go for it, especially when the deep – like you got you to gotta go with your instincts, but uh, I really think that you should uh, – punt in that situation given the way the defense was playing. I'm not saying every time, like defense may be playing terrible. You got we gotta get something going here. We gotta go. Um but I think they should have played the field position battle in that in that particular play. Mary Beth Holmes Beeler says, let them play football. I feel like sometimes we're watching the flag, watching flag football. I mean I get what you're saying, Mary Beth, but you gotta fly you gotta dissuade people from hitting lowering their helmet and hitting people in the head. I mean, what we know about concussions and um, everything that, you know, that CTE, everything that stems from that, you've got to protect people. And I just think that a 25-yard penalty is pretty damn harsh. Like in a football game, like a 25-yard penalty is just like – that would be pretty brutal. Um, throwing somebody out of a game for incident – like especially when it's like you got to look at it like, okay, would this guy hit helmets with this offensive player if the offensive player didn't also lower his head? 
like look at it like that. Like, is this guy just like lunging, trying to hurt somebody here? That's different versus like both players are lowering their head. And yeah, the defensive guy should have kept his head up. He needs to be penalized for that. But he didn't really mean to hit the guy in the head. Let's throw let's throw a serious penalty his way. Twenty five yard flag. Give you a strike one. Don't do that again. That's what I think. <laughs> Jason Norton says that brick behind you has a little bit of a tint of burnt orange. I mean, it's it's brick. <laughs> it's also got a little tint of red, right? <laughs> somebody criticized my set, said it was too orange. Also, like uh, somebody who worked for a news channel. I, I just I don't want it to be like a bright lights news channel. I don't want to be on here going, well, Arkansas, Texas coming on uh, Saturday. What's going on? You know, like in my fake voice. Not to criticize any TV people. I don't mean to do that. But this is just a different kind of show, right? I want it to be kind of cozy feeling. We got my brick wall in the back. Got a little bit of an orange softer, warm light tint. Fireside chat kind of feel. Dustin Hooven says, think Cam Little looked well for a freshman. I think that was a good opportunity to uh, put him in. Um, the game wasn't on the line. It wasn't fourth quarter. It wasn't super long. There wasn't a lot of pressure. Kind of ease him into those situations. It's a good way to start with a freshman kicker. Rick Taylor says, couldn't the rest of it at least start with roughing the passer unnecessary roughness, though, Trey? Mercy. Appreciate that, Justin. Jason. Walton Gamble says, no matter how, no matter what, no one is giving us a chance Saturday. Let's go, Hogs. Actually, um, Oh, I forget his name. CBS Sports analyst, who was a former Longhorn, actually did predict Arkansas to win the game, although nobody else on the set did. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining me. We'll be back with you guys for a little walk and talk after the game. Who knows what I'll say? Who knows what's going to happen on Saturday? But it should be pretty loud, pretty live, pretty exciting environment uh, to come out of. And uh, we'll be with you after the game to talk all about it on the walk and talk. So I want to thank everybody for joining. Appreciate your questions. Appreciate you guys for making this show so popular. Thank you so much for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, for subscribing to the channel. Half of you guys that watch the show pretty regularly aren't even subscribed. So do that and hit the notification bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. You're going to want that if you want to watch the walk and talk on Saturday. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow the Facebook page, and uh, be looking out for us on Saturday after the game. Thank you, Taylor Esses, for joining us. Does a great job covering the Longhorns for Horns 24-7. And, of course, appreciate Curtis Wilkerson for his insight and his keys to victory. Five burning questions, all the great stuff that Curtis Wilkerson delivers for us. All right, everybody, we'll see you guys on Saturday after the game. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the shed? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.